Ready? Born ready. What up, Atlanta? You're tuning in to Where to Party At? This is going to be your political podcast for everything you need to know about what's happening in the city and beyond. This is our inaugural first episode. We're going to talk about what's on everybody's mind, the 2021 Atlanta mayoral elections. All right, so I'm not going to give you a three-hour episode. I'm just going to give you the quick facts about what's happening so that you can be an informed voter. All right, so what you need to know. Four years ago, there was an election, 2017. Now we're in 2021, there's another one. So you're going to be voting on mayor, you're going to be voting on city council, you're going to be voting for school board. But today we're just going to talk about the mayor's race. All right, every four years you get to choose who you want to be the mayor of Atlanta. Four years ago, Atlanta got a mayor named Keisha, Keisha Lance Bottoms. So let me just give you a little rundown of how we got to where we are today. Keisha was handpicked by then-Mayor Kasim Reed. I know that's a name you all know. At the time, there were about 17 candidates that were running for mayor. Keisha was one of them. On election day, she got 26% of the vote. So not quite enough to win out, right? The other person, and this is a name you all know too, Mary Norwood, got 21% of the vote. So that meant that the election was going to go into a runoff because no one got to 50% plus that one vote. Keisha won and it was 823 votes. So she just barely got in. Think of 823 votes as like one condo building in Atlanta, right? So that one building helped get her elected. But let me tell you who really got Keisha elected. That was Kasim Reed, who was the mayor. What did Kasim do? How did he make that happen? He campaigned for her. He got celebrities to endorse her. He helped her raise millions of dollars. I'm not saying she didn't do the work. She did. But if it weren't for Kasim, there would be no Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. So January 2nd, 2018, she was sworn in as the second black female mayor of our city. Hashtag Atlanta got a mayor named Keisha. So here we are. 2021, Keisha said, I'm done with y'all. I'm not running for re-election. This was a shock uh, to the system, to say the least. Most times in Atlanta, I think maybe it's happened two times now where a mayor has not decided to run for re-election. Now, a mayor has run for re-election and lost, but normally they always run for re-election. And Keisha said, I think I'm done. Right. Mayor of Atlanta is like being mayor of Chicago, being mayor of New York, mayor of L.A. It puts you on the national stage. If You're mayor of Atlanta. Everyone's going to know your name. Other than the governor, I'd say you're probably the second most powerful person in the state. So why isn't Keisha running? So in May, so a few months ago, she held a press conference and she said, Atlanta, I'm out. Right. And I'm going to read to you what she said at that press conference. The last three years have not been at all what I would have scripted for our city. She goes on to say there was last summer, there was a pandemic, there was a social justice movement, 
there was a madman in the White House. It is abundantly clear to me today that it is time to pass the baton on to someone else. So that was her uh, part of her speech when she decided that she wasn't going to run. Now, she's right. She dealt with a lot in four years as mayor. She had the FBI investigation into the former mayor's administration. There was a cyber attack that happened like maybe two months before she got in office that just crippled the city, shut down the city. There was a pandemic. There was an ongoing fight between her and the governor at the time, uh, Governor Kemp. And so there was a lot of speculation that she just wasn't enjoying the job. Like there was just so much happening and she just couldn't catch her breath. Right. Now she says, even if she had run for reelection, she would have won hands down undefeated. We don't know. We'll never know. So just like that, Keisha's out and let's talk about who's going to be in. So let's meet the candidates. Now, there are 14 people running for mayor. I'm not going to give you a rundown on everyone because really only five people have a shot. And even of those five, you can debate who actually has a shot between those five. I'm going to start from youngest to oldest. So the youngest person is Antonio Brown. That's a name you might know. Uh, He's in his mid-30s. He's the District 3 city council person. And he's a political newcomer. He's only been in elected office for about two years. Now, every candidate, I'm going to give you three things you should know about this candidate. So for Antonio, he's only been on council, like I said, for two years. But in that two-year time span, he's introduced a lot of progressive legislation. One of those is a Department of Public Safety and Wellness. Now, this was something that came out of the uh, protests that happened over the summer. And there's a few things that is important about this Department of Public Safety that you should care about. So one, it creates a division of non-emergency response. And all that means is when you call 911, actually you would call a different number. You wouldn't call 911 if there's something going on that doesn't require a police officer to be there. So there could be someone who's trained to help deal with a particular issue. Maybe it's a mental health matter but it's not actually a police officer coming to the scene, right? That's one thing it does. Another thing it does, this department, is really tackles bias within the police department and peer-to-peer review. Uh, And a third part of this uh, this policy is uh, training officers on use of excessive force and incentivizing good behavior, right? Incentivizing good cops uh, and really addressing quote unquote bad cops. Now this legislation is under review. So the mayor's office, it passed unanimously in the council. The mayor's office is doing a feasibility study to make sure that the city has the budget to be able to afford uh, this new department and, and hire folks for it. So that's one thing about Antonio is he's put forth uh, progressive policies that have been adopted, been voted on by the majority of council, if not unanimously supported by the council. Another thing is he'd be the city's first LGBT mayor. Now, Keisha Bottoms has been seen, I think uh, it's fair to say, as probably the most progressive or pro-LGBT mayor 
that the city has seen since really ever. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he does with that, like how he, if he were to become the first LGBT mayor, what he would do differently, how he would build on what she's already done. Uh, the third thing, and this is what I think makes Antonio unique from his opponents, is he appears to be the most connected to the everyday person. Antonio shares a lot about his personal life and his personal experiences, and they're different. Like I said, they're different from his candidate, from his opponents. He talks about dropping out of high school. He talks about having to support his family, the fact that his parents were in and out of jail and prison. Um, he doesn't hide from that. He's he seems to be very authentic uh, and willing to kind of put that on his sleeve and make sure that folks know kind of who he is at his core and what motivates the type of legislation that he passes. Uh, so that's one thing about uh, what makes Antonio unique. The other is in the selection, there's so much conversation about crime and crime is the number one issue in the election. I I would say that's up for debate. Uh, I think we'll talk about this a lot over the next few episodes on, on our show. Uh, but one thing Antonio does say when it, when it comes to the conversation of crime is addressing the root of the root of the issue. And here's something he said at a recent forum. And I quote, crime is a side effect of generational poverty that has gone unaddressed for decades in this city. That's a direct quote from Antonio. So now let's talk about political allegiances. Where does Antonio fall in the various Atlanta political camps. I would say that he's probably one of the most independent voices on city council. He's not necessarily aligned in the Keisha camp, not aligned in the Kasim camp, and not aligned in the Shirley Franklin camp. But he has been able, in just a very short period of time on council, to be able to navigate and move around those waters and not get caught up uh, by the sharks. So. Does he have a chance of winning? I would say slim to none. Now, that doesn't mean that he's not a great candidate. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't pay attention to him. But the fact of the matter is he hasn't raised enough money. Uh, by the time that you hear this, he will be the only candidate, barring a miracle, uh, to have not crossed the million-dollar mark. And just for context, the last mayoral election, Keisha Lance Bottoms raised probably around two or three million dollars. Uh, so he just doesn't have the resources to be able to really compete. The other thing is he's under federal indictment, uh, not, you know, alleged. It's a, it's a fact that he's under federal indictment for something that occurred before he was on city council. Now, if you talk to Antonio about this, he will say that it's politically motivated uh, and it's not, you know, if he weren't at the forefront of the social justice movement, there would have been no charges brought up against him. I'd say take a look yourself, talk to Antonio directly, get the facts straight from him. So a final note on Antonio. Because he's the youngest candidate in the race, I do think he can boost and energize youth turnout. Um, and, you know, one thing that I've always told candidates for that they're running, if you know you're not going to win, talk about the issues that you care about and put them at the forefront and force your opponents to do the same. 
That I think is what Antonio will be willing, be able to do in this race. And that's what's going to make his voice continue to stand out, even if he doesn't have a shot at winning. All right, now we're going to go to Andre Dickens, the next second youngest person in the race. I think he's probably about 10 years or so uh, older than Antonio. So if you're real cool with him, you would call him Dre. We're going to call him Andre on this show. Uh, Andre's in his third term for city council. And he was backed. Andre, kind of like Antonio, did not intend to run for elected office. Uh, but Andre was tapped by former Mayor Shirley Franklin uh, to run. And at that time, he ran against someone who was a long-term incumbent on city council, someone who was a reliable vote uh, for the mayor, Kasim Reed, at the time. And it was an ugly, brutal election, but Andre, he won. He did it. He he got through it, and uh, he, he became on council. So one thing about Andre is he's the post-three at-large council member. And let me just tell you briefly what that means. City council has four seats that you run at-large. That means the entire city votes for you, not just one district. Andre's the post three council member. That means that you have to live to run for that. You have to live in either districts 10, 11, or 12. So think of Southwest Atlanta, Cascade, that general area uh, is districts 10, 11, and 12. So here's what you should know. And what's important about that making that distinction is it gives you a sense of where Andre's base would come from. Here's what you need to know about Andre. Uh, three things. He's the nice guy. He's the guy that if you think about the politician that you want to go have a beer with, Andre's the guy that comes to mind, right? He's friendly. He's, you know, when he's, when he's talking uh, in mayoral forms and introduces himself, he always says, I'm a father, I'm a deacon, I'm, you know, he talks about how involved he is in his community and in his family. Um, his day job is he's a development director for TechBridge, which is a local nonprofit that works with other nonprofits. So again, that gives you a sense of what his interest is and kind of the role that he plays in the city. Uh, the second thing about Andre is he has consistently led city council on transportation and housing. And those are two issues that we know folks really care about uh, in the election. So how has he led? He introduced the city's first Department of Transportation. There, there had never been one before, and Andre was the one who introduced that legislation. Another thing he has done is championed and talked about the need for transit on the Beltline um, and he's also promoted something called inclusionary zoning. And what that basically is, it's a, a, a fancy way of saying attack, tackling affordable housing, right? So building uh, developers have to include in their, in their properties affordable uh, housing. And if they don't do it, then they would pay the city a fee uh, because they're choosing to do market rate. The whole concept of that is to incentivize good behavior. Uh, the, the last and third thing about Andre is he literally jumped into the race like two days after Keisha decided to not seek re-election. 
And I think that shows too, that shows his uh, desire and kind of fight and interest in being mayor. He felt that, you know, if not me, who, and I've got to jump in, you know, this is probably the best time for me. So let's talk about Andre's, uh, let's talk about Andre's political allegiances. All right, so where does Andre's political allegiance lie? I would say he's voted both with and against uh, the current mayor or the political establishment. One example where he voted against the mayor was the Gulch deal. The Gulch is a huge development that's going to take place uh, right by Mercedes-Benz Stadium downtown. One where he voted for the mayor, and this is something that just happened and it's been quite controversial was Cop City. And the Cop City, as you might know, is the the term that's been used for uh, a development for the police and fire departments to have a training facility. Um, Andre was one of the votes in favor of that. So other than that, his political allegiance is certainly firmly in the Shirley Franklin camp, and she is supporting his campaign and has supported his previous runs for elected office. So does Andre have a chance? What's his chance of winning? I would say he can definitely make it into the runoff. There's a lot that will happen for him to get there, uh, but it's certainly possible that he can make it into the runoff. One final note about Andre, and this will determine again if he actually does make it into the runoff, is he's got to know that he can't be all things to all people. Candidates, you've got to pick a lane and stay in that lane, and you can't do this for this crowd, do one thing for another, and try to mold and morph yourself into someone that everyone's going to like because everyone's not going to like you. All right. Now, the next person, this is one that you all already know this name, Kasim Reed, the 59th mayor of Atlanta. Kasim Reed is determined to match the legacy of the great Maynard Jackson, uh, who was Atlanta's first black mayor. He was also the only mayor, uh, at least in recent history, uh, to have two terms, leave, come back, run, and win a third term. Kasim has the highest name recognition of every candidate running for mayor. Uh, No surprise, he also has the highest unfavorables of all the candidates that are running for mayor. As the 59th mayor, Kasim was without a doubt the most well-known Democrat in the state of Georgia, had a national presence. You would see him on national TV shows during the Obama administration, promoting the work of uh, the Obama administration, promoting the work that he was doing in Atlanta as well. Uh, Another interesting thing about Kasim, and one reason why I think he got a lot of play nationally is because he was a pro-business Democrat. Uh, so, three things to know about Kasim. Number one, Kasim exemplifies the black political elite. What does that mean? And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but let's talk about what that means. His mentor, Ambassador Andrew Young, he ran Shirley Franklin's campaign for mayor. He was on the board of the Howard University uh, Board of Trustees. He married into an Atlanta political family. He was a state rep then a state senator, and then he became mayor, and it was rumored that he was going to become governor after that. So when you think of black political elite, Kasim Reed is, he checks all those boxes. 
All right. The second thing about Kasim, and again, if you pay any attention to Atlanta politics, you know this, he will outperform, he will outpunch, he will outwork any and everyone. And so the question is, what will that look like on the campaign trail? Right. And this was actually just a side note to this. This was actually a, a point of conversation in the last mayoral election, because as I mentioned, Kasim helped get Keisha elected. And one of the, the rumors was that Kasim felt that Keisha was not fighting for it as hard as Kasim was. He's like, I can't want this more than you do. Right. But that's just what he does. He goes all in 110 percent and he expects it from everyone else. The last thing about Kasim, I would say, is he uh, positioned himself as the CEO of the city. Now, when he was first running for office, the business community didn't want him. They had another candidate in the race and they were not backing him. But once he got elected, he most certainly uh, gained the trust of the business community. Over the course of the eight years that he was in office, Atlanta had uh, the city's budget ballooned. They had record uh, record spending, but record profits. He, in the sense that a, uh, that a city would have profits, he talks a lot about the city budget and how he increased the city's reserves from barely anything to more than two hundred million when he left office. You also have to remember, much like Obama, Kasim came into office in the middle of a recession, right? And so he certainly had a hard fight ahead of him. Another thing about uh, Kasim as CEO of the city is uh, there were nonstop ribbon cuttings in the city. A lot of the development that we see happening today, new buildings that have happened over the past three or four years, is a direct result of what Kasim did uh, over his eight years in, mayor, in, in the office. So where does political, Kasim's political allegiance lie with himself? Without a doubt. He is the Don. You come kiss the ring. Uh, and, and we know there's no love lost between Kasim and Shirley Franklin. Uh, those are two political factions that are at war with each other. So there's the Shirley side and there's the Kasim side. And the two, at least in this election so far, are not seeing eye to eye and, and they're going at it. Will Kasim win? Will he come back? Will there be a three-peat? What's his chance? It depends on who you talk to, right? So if you talk to his opponents, they'll tell you, oh, he can't make it into the runoff. Uh, but the fact of the matter is there have been two polls in, in the past week that show the race between Kasim and the person we're going to talk about next, Felicia Moore. So right now it's looking like the race is between the two of them. Um, so again, what's his chance of winning? He's an excellent campaigner, has shown time and time again that he can do that. He's got the celebrity endorsements. He's got the most money in the race. Again, by the time you hear this, he will have probably more than $2 million raised, which is a significant amount of money. Uh, but the question is, Kasim has remained under federal investigation since he left. Will he be indicted? My guess is that if he is indicted, it won't happen during an election because what the federal government typically does is they don't, uh, they won't do that while someone is running for elected office because it would sway the election. So one final note is, and this is probably even, and I'm sure he has said this before, uh, but don't bet against Kasim Reed. 
So I would say for the candidates, operate as if he's got every shot in the world and your job is to take away that shot. So next on our list, Felicia Moore. Felicia is the council president. That's a name that you might not know, but she's actually been involved in Atlanta politics for uh, probably about 30 years now. She's uh has been somewhat of a recluse, like she's not the person that you see going to parties and promoting Atlanta on her social media like that, like you will with some of the other folks. Uh so before Felicia came to the became city council president, she was uh the council member in District 9 and before that, she was a council aide. So she's worked in city hall and then as a council member, again, for close to 30 years. So she's a veteran, long, long time. So what, uh, you know, what should you know about Felicia? Three things. Felicia has always positioned herself as the political outsider. Uh, she's never really aligned herself with the black political elite. She's kind of been, like I said, almost a recluse, like the person that's just on an island separate from everyone else. Um, but there's a benefit to that, you could say, but the other part of that is because of that, she's never been in support, right? It's always been, I'm against what the establishment is doing and she's never, not often, I would say in support of what the establishment is doing. And so even though she's been on council for more than 20 years, you know, she's almost Bernie-like in the sense that she doesn't have a legislative record uh, that could compete with some of the younger folks who are running for office. Uh, and again, that's because she she has not always approached politics as uh, making friends. Uh, and in politics, you do have to make friends in order to get your agenda passed. And the last thing I would say about Felicia, something to know is she might be the most misunderstood or least understood person in the race. Again, because she's not the person that uh, you see and hear from a lot, right? So, you know, the question is, what are her motivators? Why is she running? What is she hoping to achieve? Um, who is Felicia, right? These are the things that people want to know. Again, on political allegiances, she's not aligned with anyone. I would say she's, you know, again, on an island. But there's one person of interest that she has consistently aligned herself with, and that is Mary Norwood, uh, the Buckhead City Council member who ran for mayor twice and is now coming back to the city council. Felicia and, May and Mary have a good relationship, and that relationship may very well help, keep, uh, help Felicia get into the runoff. Time will tell. We'll see. Uh, a final note about Felicia, uh, I would, or excuse me, her chance of winning. So Felicia's chance of winning, I would say she's got, certainly has a chance of being in the runoff, more than likely would be in the runoff. Uh, she has support from all across the city, uh, white women, black women, north, south, east, west, right? Uh, the challenge will be, do people see her? As a CEO, do they see her as a mayor, someone who's going to lead the city, have bold ideas, be that mascot and champion for Atlanta? That's never a role that she's had in the past, and it'll be interesting to see 
if ultimately people can picture her uh, in that role. Uh, you know, I like to say Atlanta likes its mayors to have a little swag, right? And Felicia is not that person. She's very no frills, right? And so we'll see what happens there. One final note about Keisha or about Felicia and why is she someone to keep an eye on? She is the only black woman in this race. And I think that is going to make a difference. Black women, uh, we know, particularly over the past four years, have consistently supported other black women in elected office. So Felicia is certainly someone to keep your eyes out, ears out on. The last person that we're going to talk about is Sharon Gay. This is yet another person that you might not know that well. Uh, you might think of her as a political newcomer, but actually she's been on the scene behind the scenes uh, for a long time. Sharon's first foray into at least very public politics, I would say, is when she worked for Bill Campbell, former Mayor Bill Campbell. Uh, three things to know about Sharon. She's an attorney uh, and managing partner of one of the largest law firms in Atlanta and actually in the world called Denton's. And you don't get to that uh, being a female and managing partner of a big law firm without a lot of hard work and folks trusting that you can do the job and that you show and you deliver. And so I think that says something about who Sharon is. Um, another thing is, once you if you ride around the city, uh, you will see Sharon's work, again, behind the scenes on real estate projects all over the city. Uh, as a real estate lawyer. Now, the question is, on those projects that are in neighborhoods where there's been a lot of uh, neighborhood complaint about what type of real estate is coming there, what type of projects are coming there, are those, are those neighbors going to be upset uh, and talk about, you know, the, the land use uh, and other things that Sharon has promoted in her work as attorney? The third thing about Sharon, uh, Sharon is the only white candidate in the race. And normally when we think in Atlanta about the white candidate in the race, the person's from Buckhead, but actually Sharon's from historic Emmon Park. And so will Buckhead see Sharon as their candidate? That is up for debate, perhaps, but maybe not. Um, and so, you know, we'll see what happens there. And Sharon, this is her first time ever running for elected office, right? So she's never held any elected office, city council, state rep, school board, none of that. It's her first time ever running. So who is she politically aligned with? That is actually hard to tell. Um, she did, like I mentioned, work for former mayor uh, Bill Campbell, but it's not clear if she's in the Shirley camp, if she's in the Kasim camp, where she will go. So if she does not make it to a runoff, she will be a wild card to see who she would end up endorsing if she endorses at all. One final note about Sharon, uh, which makes her someone to pay attention to, uh, is that Sharon has already put close to a million dollars in the race, and she has the ability to put even more in. And so does she have a shot at winning? I would say it's certainly possible because she will have the resources. The question is, does she have a message that people care about? And can she introduce herself to voters fast enough because they know everyone else in the race?
So as we wrap up, those are your five main mayoral candidates. There are 14 people total running, so that's not everyone, but we're just focusing on the five for right now. So as you think about what you should be doing in this election, who you're paying attention to, why you should vote, I want you to go to voteatl.org. And there on that site, you'll see everyone who's running. You'll see when the next mayoral election, mayoral forum is. And then there's three key dates that you need to keep in mind. Number one, register to vote. Even if you've already registered, double check your registration status. Do that by October 4th. And the way to do that is you go online. It's super easy. Go to sos.ga.gov. That's how you register to vote or check your voter registration status. And then bookmark these two dates. November 2nd is the general election. That's election day. And then November 30th, there will be a runoff, more than likely, unless someone by some miracle gets to 50 plus one on November 2nd. So you'll vote. The first round will be November 2nd. The final round will be November 30th. That's what we've got for you. Stay tuned on the next episode. We'll talk even more about the election. And then also want to let you know that each of the five candidates, I am doing a sit down with them and we'll be releasing those episodes as well on YouTube and on our podcast. So you can hear directly from the candidates on who they are, why they're running, and the tough questions that I ask them so you can be better informed and make a decision on election day. Deuces! <laughs> we out! <laughs>